I'm here for a short while in this journey in life. I have to be in a place where I can create a massive impact, right? Don't count on the wins. Always focus on the losses because that's where all your learnings are. Unfortunately, real estate is the only place where data-driven decisions are not taken. This is the 40th episode of Dream 100 Show with Mr. Suresh Rangarajan, who is the founder of CoLive. Welcome to Dream 100 Show, listener. I'm your host, Savita Hosamani. Each week, we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all their challenges. Or we go on to explore one aspect of evolving business owners, cultivating their inner strengths for personal growth, which will impact business profits positively. Join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision-making process and gain insights to make smarter decisions. In today's episode, we talk to Mr. Suresh Rangarajan, a successful serial entrepreneur who is passionate about building businesses and creating the future of living through his latest venture, CoLive. CoLive is an online marketplace for rental exchange, which means that it enables owners and tenants to discover, connect, and transact digitally through this platform. Suresh strongly believes that technology can disrupt the way real estate works and this led to CoLive being recognized as a leading prop tech company in the rental space. Let's get started and welcome Suresh Rangarajan to Dream 100 show and hear it out from him right here, right now. You have been... uh, uh, heading so many startups. So how is uh, it like uh, starting off with so many successful startups and now uh, you have started with CoLive? You- yeah. No, no, I think it's been a journey. I think uh, one thing that I always uh, look back and introspect is, you know, I think the big call was made when uh, when I wanted to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a small fish in a big pond, right? I think that was the turning point, as I would say. I started my career with Citibank. As you know, about 25 years ago, Citibank was being in a foreign bank was like the most sought after thing. People would dress up as a foreign bank, pays well. The entire aura around a foreign bank is always very, very uh, magical. So, you know, it was as a young 22-year-old, it was like a dream job that I landed. 22, 23-year-old, right? It was like dream come true. But, you know, during the course of the journey in Citibank, I realized that, you know, whether I come to work or not, uh, the city stock price would not change significantly, right? I mean, it is not like Citibank was dependent on me. At that point in time, I think we had about 70,000, 80,000 employees in about 100 countries. It was a massive organization and there was no impact that I was creating. So I think it was important for me at that point in time in my life uh, as to how I can go and create an impact. So I think that was the most important 
point where I jumped and I said, you know, listen, I'm here for a short while in this journey in life. I have to be in a place where I can create a massive impact, right? Not that, you know, Citibank wouldn't offer me that of opportunity. I, I was wanting to be on a fast track. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to create that impact as early as possible in as many lives as possible, in as many businesses as possible. And that's when I quickly jumped from a foreign bank, a content career into taking risk, taking, uh, you know, doing an experiment with my career, then ultimately trying to do much more than what I should be doing. I, I firmly believe that everyone has to deliver more than what their potential is. And that's what I, I always keep driving towards that, saying that, listen, what is it that I can do much more than what I am destined to do? That's where this big shift happened from being in a foreign bank into a startup world. And after that, it's never been looking back. It's just been in the startup sphere for the last, whatever, 17 odd years. Mm-hmm. So how do you look at this journey? Because a startup is never stable. You had a very uh, stable uh, platform on one hand. And when you are jumping out from that uh, safe zone and comfortable zone, everything was very glamorous, comfortable, and it looked bright also for you. But you chose to give it up because you had an innate uh, passion to create an impact. So how did you start creating that impact? No, I think as you rightly said, uh, it's perfectly right. Almost it's like having an insurance policy, right? When you're with a larger company, it's like taking a large insurance cover for you, right? Uh, so when we set up this joint venture between City and Times of India Group, you know, we, we were seconded from Citibank. So which means that our salaries would come from Citibank, but yet we would work on this startup, which was a joint venture between City and Times. And I think it never took off until it was a joint venture, primarily because people with insurance probably don't take risk, right? I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they act very different. And startups, you need to drive off the cliff. You, you need to speed up. You need to take those kind of calls. You cannot be like, you cannot be watching your back all the time. Uh, you need to do the experiments. You need to take the risk, and you know. I think the board at Times of Money realized that, and you know, and, and which is why we moved out of uh, Citibank, joined on a on a full time basis. And I was I put up my hand at that point in time, and I said, I'm willing to give up what I'm doing with City, and you know, uh, take up this opportunity as a startup professional. And obviously, many things passed through my mind, right? You know, uh, fortunately, I was married. Otherwise, you know, 15, 17 years ago, I, I, I think um, working in a small company wouldn't even get you a, a, <laughs> a wife, right? I mean, you know, your in-laws would uh, introspect. My parents were concerned. Why are you doing this? You know, why are you experimenting with life? I come from a simple Brahmin family. In fact, my folks would have been more happier if I was even a, in a government job, in a bank, uh, you know, in a banking job, right? I mean, so everything was an experiment, but everything was towards, I still believe in karma quite a bit. If you're destined to do something, no matter what, you would find a reason to try and achieve that, which is what was driving force at that point in time for me in early 2000. So I was, I was bit by this entire internet bug, this entire tech bug. I wanted to be a tech entrepreneur and I thought this was a great uh, landing. 
just at the time when i was turning 30 i became the ceo of this company so it was it was again you know uh, probably some some things come to you much earlier than you anticipate that's the kind of thing that came and then from then on there was no looking back we tried to create something at that point in time internet was 128 kbps today people talk about 30 mbps 50 mbps we were still in the era of kbps right which means that you know the connections would come like this poop 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 and then disconnect you know <laughs> right you know people today won't even understand you know this was the internet era 15 17 years ago and then we were trying to build an internet company at that point in time so life was not easy at all and we chose uh, remittance business which was a, a money transfer online money transfer business from us to india so which means that all our customers were in the us we were sitting in mumbai which means that you know we had to reach out to them and build a trust right they were transferring their hard earned money from the us to their parents or to make investments in india so we had taken up all kinds of challenges right we were battling an internet business which was where the internet speeds were low we were battling a trust uh, you know because you were trying to do something which is money related that third is you were trying to build a business in the us and you were sitting out of india right i mean so it was very difficult journey we used to stay up in the night i would say that you know my specialization has been to do 0 to 10 or 0 to 1 0 to 10 there's a certain amount of kick because there is no process there i would say there is no uh, set parameters how you would acquire customers so it's all learning as you go and then try to replicate what works and most importantly learn from what doesn't work i think that's that's my biggest learning even today i keep telling my folks saying that listen don't count on the wins you know always focus on the losses because that's where all your learnings are when your customer tells you i don't want to deal with you that is where uh, learning is you you change your product you change your pricing you change your service parameters everything changes depending on when the customer rejects you when the customer accepts you you don't actually learn from that right so in fact we have a specific team which actually only looks at rejections right i mean that's the way we have all, always built our business because when you are frugal when you are doing small things it's very very important that you learn from the mistakes and you know try to implement things which are better for the customer from there so it's been i would say it's been a dream i uh, in terms of self satisfaction i think it has been immense uh, whether it was worth whether it is this, the kind of stress is worth i don't know i mean i don't know how much it is you know there are no there is a blood pressure meter but there is no stress meter you don't know how much my heart has shrunk because of all the stress that i've taken uh, over the last 15 years Mm-hmm. Yeah, so be it, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did the co-live happen? Because you were in the different space, and then you said that uh, you got the kick of um, establishing uh, these uh, startups, and it was successful. And thereby, what pain points did you notice uh, to start off with uh, a concept like co-live? Yeah, I think it's it's as I said, it's been a journey, right? I mean, we started with. Uh, the fintech space which was again very very early at that point in time remittances we were trying to do what the western world did very well which is paypal in the us was very very successful so we wanted to do an international paypal but we realized during that journey when we were doing about 3 billion on uh, us dollars into india completely online 
probably one of the most successful internet businesses, world's largest online money transfer service. But when we did all that, we realized that most of the money that was coming into India was not just coming for, you know, supporting family. It was more coming for investments into India. And what were the investments? They were actually either investments into real estate, golden times for real estate, and India was booming, right? And, you know, every NRI would transfer almost every cent that he had saved back home to India to deploy into real estate. And that's when we realized that, you know, listen, there is a big opportunity to create the shift from creating a money transfer business and using that money again to deploy into real estate, there was an opportunity to make some more money, right? So greed is what drives, right? I mean, startups are all greedy, right? <laughs> entrepreneurs are all greedy. If, you, if you're not greedy, if you're not ambitious, then you're not made for this, right? You have to have, of course, greed can be two forms. Greed can be to earn a name and you earn money, right? And it has to be greed in both forms, right? Not one of them will satisfy you. It has to be a combination of wanting to make a big impact and, of course, make money. If you're not of that variety, then I guess, you know, obviously both uh, don't satisfy you. So greed of making a few more bucks by trying to deploy that money into real estate was what was driving me from Remit to India to create another startup for Times of India group called Artha. So I set it up all over again, 2008, 2009 went back to the drawing board, created business plans, created a team, ground up because we left uh, Remit to India there and, you know, we started off on this journey and put in a team together. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, the Lehman Brothers crash happened in 2008. So, you know, the taps dried and suddenly, you know, we had we had estimated a certain way of taking off Artha money and Artha property and we had to then, you know, pivot very, very quickly. And I, when I meet investors, they tell me that, one of the most important qualities uh, as an entrepreneur you need to have is how do you steer through a crisis? How do you pivot from you know what you are into creating something else using the same resources which are going to be limited? And that's what we did. You know, very very early at our start, we tried to uh, drive from what we were doing at that point in time to creating you know uh, an interesting enterprise. We ended up selling about. 15, 16 million square feet in the country, you know, we were, we were a reseller. So ultimately, real estate was primarily always a Vastu driven, right? So your mind would determine what you buy, but we made it Excel driven. We take pride in the fact that we made it Excel driven, which means that, you know, listen, what, what did you do? I mean, does it make return on investment? It doesn't make economic sense to invest in a property. So, so it was all buy-to-let property. So I did that until about 2016. And in 2016, I took, I took a break. I went back to college. Uh, I went to Yale University in the US uh, to spend almost about nine months in, in, different, uh, uh, you know, in different phases uh, in 2016 to go back to the campus, work with uh, professors to to figure out, you know, why the shared economy will take off. The, that thesis was about figuring out why people will rent rather than buy. At least in the age group of 18 to 35, we strongly, strongly believe that people will be renting more than buying. And that's what prompted me when I came back. I was so convinced. And these were the times when WeWork was doing extremely well in the US. So I was very convinced that the living also is going to be with shared economy. There was a lot of unorganized, you know, hostels and student accommodation. So I said, 
here's a great opportunity both from the investor point of view as well as the tenant point of view to figure out how we can bridge the gap and we wanted to be that platform between the owner and the tenant and when when i came back i mean the surprising thing was colib.com was available for 99 dollars right mm-hmm. i mean yeah so we were lucky right at that point in time you know people this industry hadn't evolved right i mean today i think just the name we would be able to generate a few million dollars right just selling the domain name but you know that's how life has transformed people have moved up the uh, picking order in terms of understanding what this industry means but overall the journey over the last 4 5 years in colib has been very very clear we, we want to make rentals easy for both the owners as well as tenants right i mean that's the goal with which we are operating in a very unique manner you said you went back to yale you studied about shared uh, uh, resources and then you came back but uh, what you see in india is very much different here now uh, because the younger lot have started earning they would prefer to have a house of their own rather than rentals so Agreed. then how did you start addressing that challenge so uh, let's break it up right i mean let's bre- break up a life cycle of a you know a typical individual right uh, 0 to 18 you always live with parents so you know okay. that's that's counted out and today children are moving out i mean the numbers are astonishing there are 35 million 35 million students in higher education which is you know your pu and above undergrads and post graduation right out of which almost 20 million are out of state about 12 million are living away from their parents so suddenly you look at a large number which automatically tells you that these are people the student housing demand in india is very very large and hostels are not able to provide that kind of infrastructure you know educational institutions are supposed to impart education not manage real estate right that is where the philosophy comes from so your first target segment is your 18 to 22 which is your typical students who move out of their nest right at, at that point in time whether it is for undergrad postgrad whatever it is the next target segment is in the metros 22 to 26 again our estimates say that 60% plus people actually end up living outside of their parents when they pick up their first job so these are the 22 to 26 year olds picking up their first jobs living away from their parents i don't think at that stage in life you are able to afford or you have the mindset to actually buy an apartment so i, I think clearly these two segments are our target segments the third segment which is a shift from the earlier one you know i had done this analysis earlier i think earlier people were looking to buy homes around the age group of 28 to 32 right now that buying age has moved to about 32 to 35 which means that more and more people are living with their partners or living as young couples initially in rental apartments pretty much like the western world ultimately the jump into a permanent home happens when you have a family which means that you have children and they are growing up then you figure out a school zone like you call it in the us and then you take a big plunge into buying a house so 
that today in india is at at, at about 34 or, or so so which means that you are talking about 18 to 22 students 22 to 26 your young professionals 26 to 29 unmarried professionals 29 to 32 33 which is your young couples live in couples so you have a wide spectrum 18 to 32 33 about 14 years of lifetime people still spend in rental apartments and that is the opportunity that we are chasing and if you see that number we are still looking at about 56 million people right 56 million renters in this country paying about you know in total about 40 billion us dollars that's a large enough market to chase and that's why we are we are looking at that entire residential rental market of course we are not saying that people will stop buying homes it is just that you know between you living with your family and you buying a house there is a large time when you actually live in a rented apartment and that's what uh, we are chasing okay in that case these uh, groups which are there this very target uh, segments are they very much open to the idea of actually booking without consulting a broker or a person uh, how do they uh, trust this uh, platform and go about booking their uh, apartments or uh, their rental space sure i think it's a very important uh, point that you're making i think real estate at this point in time lacks three main concerns right there are there are three main concerns at this point in time which is data transparency and trust these are the three things which are missing right we built our entire product hoping to address this entire these three dimensions we want to address by providing real time data both for the owners as well as tenants we want to build a sense of transparency between the various stakeholders we want to build a trust between the two counterparties so that you know there is mutual benefit and mutual trust between the two counterparties to perform a transaction online on a marketplace right that's the whole theme with which we started so there are various steps that we have taken at each point right to ensure that this entire journey is addressed so first thing that we did was to provide data see today unfortunately real estate is the only place where data driven decisions are not taken right you always rely on hearsay unfortunately right it always happens when you are living in a apartment complex somebody says uh, i sold this apartment for 70 lakhs you don't know whether it is right or wrong there is no way to go and verify that data so how do you bring rental data at least not at least the sale data but at least the rental data onto a platform which is you know trustworthy that that is the journey so which means that today we are trying to capture all the data and give customers trends right today i want to know what is the trending rate in korbangla for a 1 bhk or you know what is the rate in whitefield for a 2 bhk if you come to our platform you'll be able to address that second point is how do you look at transparency right when there is a transaction that happens can we share the details of the transaction on a platform so we are capturing various forms right when you know customers pay rent when customers collect rent you know when owners collect rent when customers pay deposit we are capturing so many data points to make sure that there is transparency in this entire ecosystem and finally the most important thing is to build a trust so when some photographs are displayed by the owners you don't even know whether you want to believe that or not right 
And similarly, when a tenant says that, listen, I'll pay you rent on time, I don't know whether I can believe that tenant or not. So ultimately, what we are trying to build is a trust system. So both the owners and the tenants in our platform are rated, right? So they are basically rated in the sense they are, there are 60 parameters by which I generate a score called the net property score for each property. So today, like you know, when you go to Taj, you know, Chikmagalur, it is a five-star property. When you go to Royal Orchid, it is 4.1 star, so on and so forth, right? On Swiggy Zomato, you see various restaurants getting uh, rated. So similarly, you know, in our platform, we have built this entire thing saying that, listen, when you come to our platform, when you understand each of the various parameters that happens, you will be able to get a rating for the property. And you can trust that because we are a third party. We are, we are using the same 60 attributes to give a rating to each of the properties. Similarly, the tenants are rated on something called CITIL, C-I-T-I-L, which is Credit Information of Tenants in Leased Accommodation. What does this mean? This means that we are able to go to each one of these tenants and based on the way they have paid rent and the timeliness of payment and the percentage of payment, the system automatically generates a score for them and which becomes the rating mechanism right? for us and for everyone to actually judge. So today, various decisions that you can make are based on you know, a settled rating. If you are a good tenant, maybe you'll get a higher discount, right? Because, you know, ultimately the owner wants to give his hard-earned property to someone who can be trusted upon. How do I trust somebody? Not because he or she is working in, you know, Goldman Sachs or EY or Accenture, but based on a rating parameter. That's what we have done. So we are building the trust ecosystem. We want to be the controller of that ecosystem, which awards ratings on one side and, you know, a review system on the other side to make sure that there is consistency in this entire marketplace. Awesome. So in that case, once the trust factor is built and the uh, tenant moves in, then we see that there are two kinds of issues which people face. One is the behavioral issues of the tenant with respect to either loud music or usage of the amenities or the maintenance of the amenities. And also the other side is the services provided. So here, how do you bring about a balance and the challenges that you face in this regard? See, I think it is very clear uh, that uh, we want to be on the customer's side all the time, right? While we try and balance our owners, ultimately, you know, in any platform, any marketplace, demand is the driver, right? Supply just follows whatever the demand says, right? Demand ultimately commands the pricing. Demand is the one which determines what product is required. So ultimately, we have to be led by demand, right? So we have built features in such a manner that, you know, we are able to manage that demand and the demand wants to continue to associate themselves with a brand like ours. Some of the important features that we have built here are related to safety, right? Today, you know, you know, when there is no check and balance, always there is prone to be trouble. So what we have done is, you know, without using people. In India, unfortunately, this is, I have noticed this all the time, right? In India, we try to solve every problem with the 2.6 billion hands that we have. You know, for every problem, we think that by putting people, we'll be able to solve but 
that is not foolproof because also you know we are also in general people who try to break rules break systems right so sometimes when it is solved through technology it it is better so what we have done is in every uh, property that we monitor we try to build in control systems right how do we build control systems we do cctv monitoring through a control room to make sure that you know these uh, kind of issues are monitored especially in the night second thing that we have added is we have added a us style 911 number uh, an emergency number right today any of our customers 9098911911 bar 7 they can call for any intrusion trouble you know oh. fire medical etc etc right which is a very, which comes in very very handy you you find something you there is a trigger most of the time the challenges are relating to the fact that i'm not able to you know uh, speak about my challenge i don't know what you know what to do because i'm in trouble i don't know where to go right so we created this and then ultimately we solved all this through a floating control uh, uh, emergency uh, response team right so in each of our clusters there is between 8 pm and 6 am in the morning which is when the maximum trouble is likely to happen uh, there are floating you know security staff who go around to make sure mm-hmm. that you know if there is any emergency trigger these are on and addressed so while we believe you know most of us believe that you know bachelors are troublesome you know uh, young people are troublesome students are not good right but ultimately when you do checks and balances when you when you put some rules and policies these guys yes they are boisterous they are uh, they they want to create noise they want to they want to be heard they want to be loud but when there are checks and balances we have you know we started a life four years ago where people were throwing bottles from top floors and you know so you know all, we have, we have, we have gone through the learning i think we have been now in the business for more than 1000 days we have learned we have built control systems to make sure that we are able to address all this awesome so uh like as the saying goes that uh, the best service comes out of the most unhappy customers so what were uh, those uh, any kind of uh, unhappy situations where you learned the most and you implemented it safety is one awesome because i'm sure any girl who is going uh, to a new city this number which you said will give lot of uh, safety and security because you know that you just have to go and dial that number and somebody is there to True. take care of you i think one of the learning as i said you know however old you are whether you are 20 or 50 your mother always asks are you safe right i mean <laughs> you know this is a natural thing right and and when you go to office nobody asks whether your office is safe it is assumed that the office is safe but the place you live always you know people are concerned back home as to whether there is safety or not right and which is what you know so when you are building a living brand right so it is very important to build the living brand with this kind of a feature safety feature so we have what we call the success feature right we we are addressing young population so style comes number 1 that is the first s the second s is in the form of safety third s is in the form of service right we believe that these people are demanding customers and they need service right fourth despite the fact that these guys we think that they blow a lot of money they are very very conscious about money so savings is very important 
then their social networking is very important and finally they want to deal with smart things smart systems smart energy meters smart uh, you know door access so because they want to be connected all the time so we built this entire philosophy for our demand with a 6s promise which is style safety service savings social and smart so every offering ours of ours is built on this parameter right and all this has come from learnings right when you actually you know as i as i told you for us rejection is very important when why do we get rejected because our product is not good or the pricing is not correct right or you know ultimately our service is not good so all the three are learning for us right and i have gone ahead and you know see today is an age of social media blackmail fortunately people believe that even if they are at fault they can cry foul on social media and get the brands to be on their knees right so what does it mean right i break a contract but i want my money back i go and post on social media saying that listen i am not getting my money back but you are forgetting the fact that you have not delivered your part of the promise but unfortunately that's the way the world is right we have created listening tools listening platforms we want our customers to come back and talk to us first give us a first option to respond to them if they are not happy with us yes of course they can go wherever they want and cry right so we created an escalation room so every day between 5 and 7 pm we want our customers can come walk into that room and pour their hearts out because unfortunately one of the things that i've realized is never to share phone numbers with your customers when you are a consumer brand right you have to i have a proper ticketing system if you share phone numbers customer expects that that phone number has to be responded 24 bar 7 and unfortunately you know not everybody will be able to handle and when you are speaking on the phone you don't know how to resolve that issue so as a consumer brand you have to have your ticketing issue but sometimes the customer still wants to talk to you you have to create a room where they can walk in which is a virtual room where they can walk in and pour out their feelings and i have a message box for me so if they want to still escalate there is a message or speak to the ceo right on our website so where they can actually come and you know message me directly so these are the various things that we have learned and we have implemented over the course of our life to build a stronger connect with our consumers wow this is amazing i i'm i'm not sure that i have heard about these kind of uh, measures in any other uh, platform which i have encountered so far it's not that i'm saying that i have encountered all platforms but uh, amazing features uh, yeah. i think most important is how do we educate our customers we don't have deep pockets to educate our customers we are it's a learning process we have to keep educating our customers as to what we can do what is the best compliment that you have received any awards or recognition for this kind of service of the common man and i'm sure it has its own set of hardships which you guys have underwent from the past 4 to 5 years i think uh, you know in terms of recognition yes you know we've got a bunch of awards one of the best i think was traxen uh, which rated us as uh, amongst the top 30 prop tech companies in the world i think that was that was a great recognition because yes we want to travel in that path of being a prop tech i think prop techs are 
there has been there has been a, a flood of uh, you know edu techs in india there has been you know uh, food tech health tech there has been auto tech uh, but i think prop techs are not as well recognized and they have not yet scaled up in a big manner and that recognition was you know uh, gave us immense satisfaction because you know to be rated among the best in the world uh, was something that we were always looking forward to and because it's a sunrise industry as i say using technology in real estate which is fraught with you know transparency and trust problems is is probably taking on your biggest challenge and trying to solve it right so that from a um, industry awareness industry recognition that was probably one of the most satisfying things but when it comes to customers i think you know i've had several experiences right i mean fridays and saturdays are party time for our customers and they just love that right friday evening and saturday evening without fail 7 pm there are events that happen in our properties at least in one property where they all congregate and you know enabling this kind of an event just makes them feel great right they are able to network in our properties as far as our last count goes there have been 17 people so far as far as we know who have actually found their matches in our <laughs> it gives a lot of satisfaction <laughs> it's a small thing it's not it's got nothing to do with how much money we make but if you have found your buddy or your uh, live in partner or your uh, life partner after coming into colib i think that's great because life is full of memories and you need to build memories and memories are out of people and places and mm-hmm. and we are glad that we are able to provide both good mm-hmm. good places to live in and great people to be around wow okay if you want to advise somebody who wants to go in this real estate space what advice would you give to budding entrepreneurs no no i am not just in real estate space i think you know people have to be aware that if you are getting into entrepreneurship the most important most important criteria is to you need to have very very strong you know mind very important to be very patient you need you can't get off the pedestal very quickly you need to have the patience to survive it's a marathon it's not a sprint and most important challenge one will face is with cash flows right i mean how do you manage cash flows you just because you have the money you throw it behind something which is not required at this point in time you're going to regret right and finally you know unless you learn from your mistakes or at least from other people's mistakes you're not going to progress right so you have to have that kind of a mindset and specifically if you want to do real estate or anything to do with real estate which is a very very large asset and you need to work on it uh, i think one of the most important things that you need to know is that you have to use technology if you think just because real estate in general you feel that there is a lot of money to be made if you don't lose technology you will end up a loser so i think it's very important for entrepreneurs to build something using technology especially in the real estate space right so broadly that's that's what is my advice for entrepreneurs so in this journey what has been your lowest point and how did you bounce back yeah of course you know uh, when the when the first covid happened i thought you know world was coming to an end so was the case for many people but i think those months in 2020 were probably very very uncertain very very challenging people talked about this was god's way of declogging the cities deurbanization people will never come back to larger cities 
so you know those were the probably the most challenging times we were very very worried whether there was going to be future because our future as an industry renting is linked to people coming floating population coming into urban markets right but i think that quickly changed uh, every time there was a relaxation in lockdown people would flood back students would want to come back to face to face i think now after the th- third wave i think it's no looking back so i think that was probably one of the lowest times in my life i thought that uh, life was not going to be easy at all but i think the way we resolved it was by keeping ourselves extremely busy we, we you know me and my entire leadership team we were continuously doing something or the other to make sure that we stayed ahead of the pack like for example one of the things that we did was you know our properties were lying empty at that point in time we had very few uh, customers living there occupancy was low so you know we quickly came up with innovative things like uh, we said that doctors and nurses were finding it very difficult to go back to their societies because these people were serving covid care centers they were not being allowed back into their homes so we said that they are welcome to stay with us right so that gave us a lot of hope because we started you know using our property effectively the second thing that we did during lockdown was there was all these delivery boys zomato big basket flipkart amazon they were allowed to move around in the city but poor guys would not be able to find food right because all the restaurants all the roadside food vendors everything was closed so we teamed up with big players like uh, big basket to offer them free food right every time you receive a package we said that you can send an sms uh, or a whatsapp message to them and they can you know you can gift a meal right and they could go to any of our locations we had about 100 plus properties in in the city they could go to any of our locations and pick up food uh, during lunch hours so you know we just wanted to keep ourselves engaged our team completely focused and that's what kept us ahead of the market because when the when the customers came back our team was not you know uh, down in the dumps they were they, they were ready for action right and and they felt good about doing things so i think you know i strongly believe in the fact that idle mind is a devil's workshop so you need to be active all the time a busy mind will never give you negative thoughts so if you have to bounce out of negative stuff you know keep yourself busy run you know run faster than all the youngsters around you you'll you'll be a winner <laughs> very very innovative approach i say this is highly commendable uh, giving space to doctors and free food very innovative approach so what is your uh, vision for your company in the next 5 years uh, keeping in mind that Uh, there might be phases of uh, covid as well which we know don't know <laughs> so i'll be happy if i get to a billion dollar uh, not in valuation uh, but if i in the fifth year i do billion dollars of rentals on my platform that's the goal uh, i hope uh, the rupee remains at 75 and i do 7500 crores of rentals in that year okay. but if the rupee goes to 100 i'll still have to do about uh, 10000 crores of rental but that's that's what is the the big vision we want to we want to chase that billion dollar not just in valuation but a billion dollar in terms of rentals annual rentals on our platform right that's that's the big vision that the entire team is working on wow that's amazing so uh, 
we wish you all success thank you <laughs> and uh, we have almost come to the close of this talk so if people want to uh, connect of course uh, yours is a tech based platform just googling will do but still if people want to connect with you directly is there some way where they can connect with you yeah absolutely i think you know they can they can reach me on srk@colive.com such uh, an email to me is good enough i never miss my emails that's where people can reach me and i strongly believe that responsiveness is important even if you were to reject somebody whether it is for employment or whether it is for a partnership or whether it is for anything else you need to communicate back to them so that they know where they stand not attending to calls not responding to emails is not the culture that we want to build and that's what i advise everybody you know just be good human beings because why people in a lurch in terms of expectation if you don't want to engage on something at least inform them Mm-hmm. I think people will always remember SRK Shahrukh Khan. It's very easy. <laughs> That is what I could relate to. <laughs> SRK at Colive dot com. Easy to remember and very catchy. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, thank you so much. It was wonderful chatting with you and gaining all this uh, insights about Colive and how uh, people can actually benefit out of it and uh, how you guys are striving to make this challenging platform a very beautiful platform. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, we hope to build the future of living on this platform through a unique rental exchange, and that's that's the dream. as i told you that uh, you know we are driving towards that dream and all all of you wishing us good luck and supporting us is, means a lot to us thank you so much thank you it was really wonderful thank you i thank suresh rangarajan from the bottom of my heart for sharing his wonderful wisdom and insights here are my top 6 takeaways My first learning don't count on the wins focus on the losses as that's where the learning is second learning decisions which are data driven or inclined to give better results third learning demand for a product or service automatically commands pricing demand is the driver and supply just follows fourth learning is the 6s feature of millennials the first s which stands for safety second s for style the third s for service fourth s for savings the fifth s for social networking and sixth s for the smart system fifth learning if you are a consumer brand have a ticketing system instead of phone numbers my sixth learning is that communicate your response even if it is a no so that people know where they stand thank you so much for your wonderful insights mr suresh never lose out on an opportunity to learn about cultivating your inner strengths on dream 100 show we strongly believe that life is just a play we win some we lose some we miss some and we mess with some so enjoy your journey and play to the fullest thank you so much for listening to this episode of dream 100 show and now 
make a smart decision of taking the next step towards building your trust and your dreams. Don't forget to subscribe to Dream 100 Show and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. For more details, shoot an email to us. This is Savita signing off and catch you soon in our next episode.